Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by the Annie Selgi Companies. And remember that bed and breakfast that we talked to you guys about? Well, it's open, which means Annie learned some secrets to a stress-free bed. You can hear them later in this episode and use the code YHL15 to save 15% off your next purchase at annieselkie.com YHL. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today we're talking about stainless steel appliances. Are they really on the way out? And do we regret putting them in our kitchen? We also check out if those meal delivery kits are all that they're cracked up to be. Before we dive into the episode, which we recorded actually a few days ago, but here we are again to add a little announcement to the beginning. As you guys know, things are pretty bad in Puerto Rico. After Hurricane Maria hit a couple weeks ago, they are just devastated. You know, loss of power basically everywhere, just a few hospitals running, a shortage of food, fresh water, electricity, fuel, you know, all the things that a modern society needs to run, they are really struggling with which is making all the recovery from the actual damage that much more difficult. Yeah, actually a friend of ours, her husband was over there with FEMA working on getting everything up and running. And she said he came home just gobsmacked with how much of an uphill battle this is going to be because it's really hard to even gain momentum with so much lacking. Generators in hospitals will run out without diesel and people's insulin is not getting refrigerated so they're missing their shots. And she was saying that their guess might be that children there might not go back to school for an entire year, which is devastating. And so we were laying in bed just thinking, how can we help? What can we do? And we made a donation and it just felt like we wanted to do more. Yeah. As you guys may remember, we actually vacationed in Puerto Rico a few months ago. So this would be devastating anywhere, but it feels especially heart-wrenching knowing we were at this great place just months ago and we got to experience how beautiful it was and how friendly the people were. And so We made some calls and emails this week because we were like, how do we do a little bit more? You know, we can't actually physically go there. So we reached out to a bunch of the companies that have sponsored this podcast or that we've worked with in other capacities to ask if they would be willing to make a donation also. And we got an amazing response. And I'm so excited to say that we have raised $12,000 to go to some of the relief efforts in Puerto Rico. The donations are going to a group called United for Puerto Rico, which is a fundraising effort organized by the First Lady of Puerto Rico. And so I'm going to list the names of the people who have helped us out. I did want a disclaimer beforehand. If you note a name that you've heard on this podcast before being absent from the list, that does not mean they were unwilling to help. A lot of the people we talked to have already been helping in other ways, whether it's donating funds or materials or labor to the hurricane relief efforts, both in Puerto Rico, as well as in Florida and Texas. So don't assume they're not out there doing something just because they weren't able to participate in um, our request this week. We're just so grateful. Every time we got an email, we were running around the house screaming like, they said yes, they said yes. And so um, we need to thank Cardboard Safari, the Annie Selkie Companies, DAP Products, Delta Faucet, Grove Collaborative, Universal Furniture, Handy Paint Products, Shades of Light, Woven Premium T-Shirts, West Elm, 
And my girl, Sabrina Soto, I hit her up and said, maybe there's a company you know that would like to help. And she said, I want to do it myself in my own name. And it makes me cry. It's just so amazing how everybody just kind of showed up when we had this random harebrained idea. And we're going to continue these efforts. So anyone who emails us next week who wants to contribute, will update things and add new names of who's done it. Yeah. And if any of you would like to donate to help out in Puerto Rico, in this week's show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast, We'll put a link to the charity that we donated to, United for Puerto Rico, so you can make a donation directly to them. You know, whatever little bit you can give, I'm sure they would appreciate. So thank you guys in advance for doing that. And thanks again to the companies that helped us get to that $12,000 mark. It is incredible. But anyways, let's get on with the rest of the episode, shall we? I'm about to reveal something that will shock and probably anger some of you. (laughs) This is quite the menacing setup, isn't it? Okay, so for the last almost three months, I have not only not eaten any meat, but I have been off dairy and eggs. They have a word for that, you know. I know, but I hate using the word. The word is vegan. I think when someone says they're vegan, you watch the other person's eyes roll back in their head while they prepare for you to speak for 45 minutes about health benefits of veganism. Well, now you're just offending all the vegans listening. (laughs) Sorry, guys. You know how it is. There's so many vegan jokes of like, you want to know how someone's a vegan? Wait five seconds in a conversation because they'll drop it. Like, it's a very known thing. It's a loaded term. It really is. But I'm someone who, when my friends hear about this, they're like, yep, that tracks. Like, I'm always a person who is an eliminator, not a moderator. Meaning, like, I'd rather take something out of my diet completely than, like, try to eat less of it because I almost ruin my mojo and eat more of it by accident somehow. Like, I'll say, I'm going to have less meat and then I'll eat more meat. And the basis of this is really simple. My family has a lot of high cholesterol, a history of heart disease. I've lost grandparents to heart attacks and heart disease. My dad had a heart attack last year, had a quadruple bypass and a big surgery to save his life and is now living in heart failure. So it's something that I know I need to be better about. And I thought I was not making good choices when I was saying in my head, like, I'm just going to eat less saturated fat. But by taking full things off the menu, like cheese and bacon, which I know, that's why I thought I might anger you. I feel like I shouldn't interrupt and say that your dad is doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. My dad is doing great. He is living with this condition and managing a lot of it with good food choices. And so when I see him, I saw him a few weeks ago, I'm always like, I should be making good food choices because I have two kids and a husband that I want to be around for. And like it runs in the family. And even as a child, I had high cholesterol when I was like string bean, you know, like I didn't look like I had high cholesterol. And, you know, Sherry has never met an Egg McMuffin she didn't like. No, guys, I'll go on a vacation and I'll just live on Egg McMuffins, which is basically meat, cheese, and egg. Like, all the saturated fat together. The funny thing is when Sherry said she was going to do this, because I also put out there, I am not participating. No, you're like being a halfy. Well, I'm just, you know, Straddling for the line. I'm cutting down myself, but I am not, uh, I have not set any rules for myself. But you said you were going to try it for what, like a week or yeah, two? Yeah, that's what I said. So. So this is, if you want to make a big change, I think in any aspect, not just food, I always set the stage for myself. Like, I'm going to see if I can do it for two weeks. And I've always batted around vegetarianism. I think we're pretty good at it because we don't eat so much meat. 
We probably eat meat like three times a week. We don't eat a lot at home, but when we go out and right. we eat out a fair amount. <laughs> like when we go to Chipotle, we were getting meat. But guys, I've discovered the tofu everywhere, especially at Moe's. If you guys have a Moe's, get a tofu bowl, burrito bowl there. It's like grilled or something amazing. Well, this is basically what these two weeks did for Sherry is you basically figured out all your substitutes. And you, I did. You started to quite like them. I did. Like I like my vegan butter. It's called Earth's Best. Better than regular butter. You know, it's not real butter, but it's so delicious. And I have discovered guacamole and chips is vegan. (laughs) Also, I like pretzel thins or vegetables and hummus. Hummus is really good for you and it has protein from the chickpeas. I get little cans of garbanzo beans and I slice up a tomato and I put it in a bowl with some light dressing. So I'm figuring out ways to still get protein and feel satiated, but like not eat a salad every meal because... I did that for like two days and then I was like, it's not that I even want meat or cheese. I just am tired of salad. So you would say you figured out it was easier. So that's how you've stuck with it so long. Exactly. I've done it almost three months. Sometimes- you had a couple cheats. I do have a couple cheats. I was just going to say that. Sometimes I decide it's not worth it and I try something with meat or cheese or egg because I think that I missed it. And then the weird thing is I didn't miss it. Like- I was like, John, I'm just getting an Egg McMuffin. I missed them from my life. And it'll be a good test. Like, is this going to be, you know when someone's on Survivor and they're on the island and then you see them eating like a kebab and they're like, it's the best kebab I've ever had in my whole life because they're starved for it and they need protein and their body is dying for it. I had an Egg McMuffin. It was so not satisfying. I was like, why did I ever like these? I don't know. That just might be the choice of Egg McMuffin. Because remember, we did like that Whole30 diet like years ago. That's true. And when we went off of that, our first thing was Five Guys. And it was as good as I remember. I know. That was delicious. But I don't think this is something that will last forever. I'm just trying to learn new ways to eat so that maybe five days a week I can make better choices. And yes, I'll have a hamburger on Saturday at the party when we're grilling out or something. Well, and actually speaking of finding new vegan things to eat that segue that takes me to my what's new here we go guys i have done the most blogger thing ever (laughs) if it's not being vegan what is it we tried one of those meal subscription boxes that i'm sure you guys have heard about over and over again so this is not like another promotion of those but we needed to find some new recipes in our life and john was not open to going to the grocery store now that we have click list he's very spoiled and he wants things to come to his car or his house (laughs) well and i got a coupon i got a coupon in the mail from HelloFresh. they're just one of those you know box services that sends you all the ingredients so that you can just prep and cook the meal so i was like what the heck they have a vegetarian plan i looked it up and was able to figure out enough of the vegetarian recipes could be altered to be vegan without sacrificing too much. So we just gave it a go. Don't say we. John gave it a go without asking. And then a box showed up and I was like, did you order one of those subscription services like you paid money for it? I mean, we had eaten a couple before at other people's houses. Yeah, we always thought they weren't bad. We just wondered if financially they were the right way to go. Right. They were good. We just never really saw them as something to insert into our routine. But I was like, maybe this is the time to try it out. Again, I've got the coupon. Right. And wasn't the coupon significant? It was like $50 off. It was $50 off your first two orders. So I had to do two boxes and I got $25 off of each of them. So my first box from, again, this was from HelloFresh. Uh, was $35, so it broke down. Three meals for 35 Right, so about $12 per meal, so about six I mean, per person. Right, so $6 per person is expensive for eating at home if you guys ever budget. Like spaghetti yeah. is much cheaper than that. But it was that. cheaper than going out. And, exactly. And we do eat out a fair amount, I will say. Yeah. And a lot of it is because we work at home all day and often in the evening. That's like kind of our excuse to get out of the house for a little bit. Right, we're like, we're eating every single lunch at home. It's like bringing a little brown bag to work, except we're at home and we're like dying to see the sky and leave our house. So 
also, I thought it might encourage us to eat at home more because I always have a little bit of regret that we don't cook more. So it's like, why not? I enjoy cooking. I just hate shopping and meal planning. So in right. some ways, this is like the perfect solution for me because it takes out the things I hate. I feel like John's like least favorite activity is standing in the produce holding an onion and being like, is this a green onion? Is right. this a scallion? What is this? Right, exactly. <laughs> we actually, I think, really enjoyed doing it. We got, again, two boxes of it. We liked all the meals. So much, though, that we decided to give another one a try. Again, not we. A box showed up and I said to John, did you order more? Well, because my coupon had run out of HelloFresh, I was like, let me try. We tried Blue Apron, which I know is like the one you guys have all heard about a million times. I just dug up a coupon online somewhere that got us three meals free. So we only ordered one box of theirs and it was 30 bucks with the coupon. So 10 bucks a meal. So again, cheaper than going out. Right, $5 a person. I mean, that's like cheaper than McDonald's. That's cheaper than my Egg McMuffin habit. (laughs) (laughs) But typically without the coupon, it would be about $10 per person. And they had a vegetarian meal plan as well. And I was able to alter that. And again, it was really good. I really liked it. I think all of me would like to continue doing it, except I'm not sure. Well, after the coupon runs out, I don't think it's financially makes sense at all. Yeah, I'm having trouble feeling like that's the smart thing to do. Because they're built for convenience. But if you're a budgeter, it's hard to explain to yourself like it's worth it. See, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Can I budget this in? And the only other thing that I had a struggle with is like we had the box arrive. We had three meals that were like waiting in the fridge. And we had like a busy week where like we were at the beach house a couple times and we were out doing some errands and we had to come home and disrupt the day because we had food that was like wasting away. That's always our problem. It wasn't as flexible as our usual meals are. That's also a problem we have with grocery store shopping right. though because we'll get something to make tacos and then we'll realize, oh my gosh, it's going to go bad. And we had a busy night and we get home at like eight and try to throw right. it together after right. like a kid's activity that we went to that we could have eaten pizza at, you know? So I'll conclude this by saying that I still have like one foot on the band wagon and I feel like I would like to try it again and figure out if I can make it work again if it makes sense budget wise and also with our schedule but also because we've been using it to try to get vegan meals we have had a couple that were tough to make vegan from the vegetarian plan. So oh, I'm not... I thought they all tasted good, though. John will, like, put the cheese on his. On my side, yeah. <laughs> he makes his side not But vegan. there aren't a lot of options. Like, if you do an, a regular meal, you can choose from, like, six recipes. And for both HelloFresh and Blue Apron, like, you got the only vegetarian things available. So I don't know if there's another service out there that has more. The HelloFresh ones were a little bit simpler to cook, I felt like, and felt like um a little bit more approachable like I actually made a couple of those again buying my own ingredients like a normal human yeah which is what I'm a proponent of like now right. that we have these recipes and we know they taste delicious we can recreate it yeah the blue apron ones felt a little bit more intricate they took longer to cook and they included ingredients I'm less likely to shop for myself. Right. Maybe that's just because I'm a simpleton in the kitchen. You're going to be like, is this hoisin sauce? What is this? Right. <laughs> so if you guys have any suggestions for us about how to make this work better, I know a lot of non-bloggers do use these services in their daily lives. And so I'm open to tips. I just miss ice cream. I can't help you there. Oh, actually, <laughs> though, speaking of cutting things out, uh, yesterday, oh, October 1st. Aquatober. Was the start of Aquatober. Do you guys remember this? It's my cleanse, I guess, that I do every year to kick my soda habit, where for the month of October, which I dub Aquatober, I drink only water. It's my only beverage. So no sugary drinks or whatever. So here we go. And unlike Sherry, when November 1st hits, I am ready to binge. I don't know. Sometimes you hold out. We'll have to see.
Okay, that means we have updates. And the first one is from episode 57 where we talked about our neuroses and John got on his like lighting rant about how the temperature can't be too warm and too cool. Don't get me started. His special eyes see things mine don't. And the funny part was there were so many other people with special eyes. My people. (laughs) You are out there. I'm not the only one who really psychoanalyzes every light bulb they install. Turns out there's people who have things like Evernote spreadsheets dedicated to every single light bulb temperature for an entire house. Wow. One person said that every time we move to a new place, my husband takes off an entire day, sometimes two, off of work to replace all of the lights in the house with the perfect temperature. I like this guy. There was someone who included an actual conversation with her husband, like in quotes. So it'd say like, husband, colon, ugh, that light is too blue. They're at a kitchen showroom. Her. Okay, we can change that. But what do you think of the kitchen? Him. I can't get past the lighting. (laughs) His struggle is real. And one person even said she gets anxiety from Christmas lights if they're like icicle lights that are blue, but the porch lights are warm. She can't handle it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I guess this is to say that everybody's crazy except for the people who don't care about it like I think, me. I think, or maybe I'm the crazy one. Yeah, you one. guys are the crazy one. <laughs> I noticed the electrician at the beach house had put some bulbs in that I do not approve of. So we went to Home Depot yesterday and bought our favorite bulbs and we are trucking them there soon. We did, guys. The tip is that the color temperature we love, that soft white, it's we learned the Kelvin temperature is 2700. Yep. So if you look on bulbs, look for 2700. They're not too yellow. They're not too blue. They should just say soft white. It's becoming somewhat standard, but it's always good to double check. I was going to say they should say John approved because they're the only ones he approves. Well, I actually have an update too. This is from episode 63 when we were talking to Daniel Rodriguez, aka Dr. Budgets, and he had recommended a software for easy budgeting called mint.com. And boy, oh boy, did we hear from you guys who recommended another software called YNAB, which stands for you need a budget, Y-N-A-B. Uh, this one, I checked in with Daniel afterwards. He's familiar with it as well. He does recommend it. I think he didn't bring it up because it's actually not free. It's about, I think, 4 or $5 a month to subscribe to it. But I mention it because one, thank you guys for suggesting it. I had heard of it, but I'd just forgotten about it till we were flooded with replies. You know how like you go on Facebook and it's a Game of Thrones night and everyone's talking about Game of Thrones? When you talk about budgeting software, people come out of the woodwork to talk about YNAB. Like there is a cult following of this one app. Is it an app? Uh, software, I mean, it's, it's desktop and there's an app for it. So we are actually giving it a go. I found a coupon code that gives me a couple months free to try it out. So we started setting it up and are getting used to it. I will say it was not totally intuitive to how my mind works around budgeting, but I'm, I'm getting there. Again, it's kind of like what Daniel was saying, where like your job is to assign a function for all of your dollars. Like every dollar needs a job, I think is their sort of mantra. And so you say, like, I have this much money, I'm going to bucket it on this. And then you get to watch yourself chip away at that bucket. Right. Like what people said, there's a good example of someone saying, when you get to Christmas time, you have all your money because throughout the year, even in January, February, March, April, May, you took tiny amounts out of your budget. And then when you get to Christmas, oh my gosh, I have all this money to buy all the presents instead of being broke in January. And it does automatically pull from your like checking and savings account. So you don't have to be entering and logging your stuff. You just need some help categorizing things as you're setting up. Say like, when I go to Kroger, that's groceries. When I go to Sheets, that's gas. So when you say pull, you don't mean it actually transfers money and pulls it around. No, you no. mean it pulls the data and tells you where right, you're exactly. spending it. Yeah. Okay. So again, I'm still kind of getting the hang of it. I think one challenge that I'm having with the software is we are sort of a variable income household. It's not like we've got a payday 
where we get the same amount. So sometimes we get more, sometimes we have less. And so planning is a bit more fluid. Mm -hmm. And also working on like the beach house is some months we'll have like a really high expense because that's when the floors are getting redone. And then the next month is really low. And so it's hard to set like a monthly budget for that. Right, like home improvement budgets aren't stable either because some months they're hardly anything. And then once it's completed, we're like, oh my gosh, all the invoices. Right, so this is another thing I'd be happy to get tips for anyone who uses this or even if there's a good tutorial somewhere you think that applies to some of these conundrums I'm having getting started with YNAB. But I I like it. It's cool. And the last update I've got is, I guess not really an update, more of an announcement. Sorry. Uh, We have a speaking event coming up that you guys are all invited to. It's happening on Thursday, November 9th, and it's going to be in Bristol, Virginia. Uh, That's actually not very near us here in Richmond. It's down in southwestern Virginia by the tip. It actually is right on the border of Virginia and Tennessee. Uh, So if you live in that area, um, southwestern Virginia, I think western North Carolina, eastern Kentucky, southern West Virginia, there's a lot of states that converge there. There's like a lot of things touching. You could just pop over the border. Yep. So we are speaking as part of a grand opening for a, a home decor store down there called House Dressing. So they're only selling 100 tickets for it. It is a ticketed event. And ticket includes hors d'oeuvres, cocktails, a swag bag that includes a copy of one of our books. So again, Thursday, November 9th, info will be in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. But up next, we actually have a listener question, and it comes from someone named Sarah. So we'll just play it for you. Hi, Sherry and John. This is Sarah calling from Minnesota. I might be buying a new appliance package in the near future. I read on your Big Kitchen Reveal blog post that you've heard the stainless steel trend might be running its course, and I've heard rumblings about that too. Wondering if you can provide any insight into the stainless steel debate. You guys rock. Thank you. I would say, yes, there's been this rumor that stainless steel is trending out. Well, it's like over the peak, right? Like it's phasing out, I guess. Yeah, I would say it's just becoming kind of like status quo, like it's normalized. Right. So it's no longer trending, meaning it's like ahead of the curve and something new and different. It's just very common and still beautiful and in some ways very classic. But you wouldn't describe it as like a real new fresh material anymore. Right. If you're trying to like push the envelope, I wouldn't say stainless steel is what you should go for. But like Rose gold fridge. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think that has trended out, Sherry. <laughs> but I mean, we put stainless in our kitchen and are very happy with it. I think people just are always curious about what is the next thing and like what's not passe. And I think when people were starting to put stainless steel in their kitchens years ago, when it was like new, it was this nice kind of status upgrade from like the white or the almond. Yeah, I was going to say the bisque, you know, those appliances that we had all like growing up and our parents had like when you could make that. Wait, what was that? It was like um, maize yellow or what? what, There was like a goldenrod. Well, I think when people could make the jump from that to stainless steel, like that was a really big deal. And so it was probably like very trendy and really a big signal of like, I have a new fancy kitchen because it has stainless steel in it. Right. You were like one step away from having like Alice the Robot cook you dinner. (laughs) Right. Sure. And so I don't think it's that anymore. I think it's, like you said, so common that it's no longer a signal like, ooh, did you hear so-and-so? They've got stainless steel. Right. I mean, I think there's still lots of us who dream about upgrading our old appliances to something more updated like stainless steel. So it's still a big move for us. I mean, we got rid of our old appliances here. We were very happy. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like various tones of white, bisque. and Cream, black. 
There was a black dishwasher in the mix. Yeah. I really think that stainless steel isn't going anywhere. We don't think you'd be embarrassed. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I splurged for that sweetened stainless steel and now stainless steel is so passe. In some ways, I hate to compare it to something as ubiquitous as subway tile, but it's like very standardized and classic and I don't anticipate it ever being like, oh, you did stainless steel in the kitchen. Like there have been stainless steel tables and stuff in, in restaurants and industrial kitchens for many, many years. I think the reason why people are sensitive to this idea of stainless steel trending out and being over is because there's all these new finishes that are available, like these like graphite or slate or like industrial black gloss white with like a pane of glass in front of it. Yeah. So you feel like, oh, I'm not keeping up with these things. If I'm going to be redoing my kitchen, I should make sure I get what's current right now. Like what's the new thing? So I'm not getting the old thing. Right. And of course, there's those retro pastel like smeg fridges. And there's also those cool like Yolanda fridges, I call them like the glass that you can see inside. It looks very much like a high end restaurant commercial size fridges that go to the ceiling. Built-in cabinetry appliances are really hot. So you'd look at a wall and it would just look like floor to ceiling cabinets and you wouldn't even realize that the third one in is the fridge or the dishwasher. So I think that there are ways to push the envelope if you feel like stainless is boring and you really want a cutting edge trendy kitchen. But I think if you're just looking for something, you're going to sink a few grand into this set of appliances and you don't want it to look dated. I almost think stainless is still the best choice. Right. Because you could go all in on a, you know, quilted stainless front that has these seams that make it look like a diamond. Or you could go all in on, you know, like a pink smeg fridge. But down the line, you might want something different or not as specific And that trend might phase out and there might be something new. (laughs) And so the stainless is sort of like a safe bet. Yeah, we actually went through this debate a little bit ourselves when we were buying our current set of appliances. Because I don't know if many people know this, but we actually replaced all of our appliances about a year before our renovation. Right. I think that's the theme for us because we did it in our first house too. It's like something dies, we replace everything, but we're not quite ready to also pay for the renovation at that point. Well, I can't say it was our intention. We were planning to do it later, but our dishwasher died died on like Christmas Eve, I think. Yes. We actually had a friends and family coupon from Whirlpool that we could get a good discount on, but it expired like a week later at the end of the year. And so we scrambled around the holiday time to try to figure out what appliances we wanted to put in our kitchen that would eventually go in our remodeled kitchen. And we spent some time actually trying to hunt down a good white option because white has actually kind of trended back a little bit because some of the big appliance companies are now putting out new white finishes. And the new whites are not kind of as pebbled and shiny or sort of almond toned and rounded as the other ones. They're sort of a more modern take on whites. They have crisper edges and more of a, I don't know if I'd say a yellow white, but a warmer white so it doesn't look like a blue white next to the cabinetry. Well, and that's the trouble we had because at the time, the only thing that we could find and actually see in person was this, I think it was the Whirlpool White Ice. Right. It was their new kind of modern white finish. And we actually were able to see it. Uh, We tracked it down in a Ferguson showroom. And we were really glad we looked at it in person because it was very modern and like cool blue looking. Right. We knew we'd go with something that was sort of a warmer white just because all the trim in our entire house that's white is not a blue white. It's sort of a creamy white. Not cream. And you know me and like lighting undertones. undertones. (laughs) I just knew it would dictate the color cabinets we picked because we would have to get something that matched and that might be hard, especially with such a modern white. Right. Well, another tip I would give you when you're choosing appliances, this might sound silly, but look at the handle on it. A lot of times the handle can be a big statement. The handle of those white ice was almost like a barrel. It was really thick, like a curtain rod. 
And it felt like such a design element that I worried it would take away from like my beautiful seven inch poles that I knew I wanted someday. We have these long handles on the lower cabinets in our kitchen and I never wanted them to fight with the style of the handles on the fridge. So the fridge we ended up getting is very generic looking. It doesn't take much of a stand at all. That's exactly where I think I am on stainless and the reason we chose them is because it almost is a neutral in a kitchen these days. They are so ubiquitous that you don't even really notice them anymore. Like we knew if we got stainless appliances, they would probably fit into just about whatever kitchen we designed. Right. And so what we did is we made sure we liked the dimensions of it. So we went for something that was counter depth because whenever we renovate a kitchen- For the fridge. For the fridge, right. Whenever we renovate a kitchen, we like a counter depth fridge. I know it's not big enough for some people. It's plenty big for us, super efficient. We did the freezer on the bottom and sort of the split door top, which we really love. You can open both the doors and slide like a giant box of pizza in there. It's really versatile. And it's not super deep, so it doesn't bump out into our layout. And I'm very happy with our choice. And I know it doesn't blend seamlessly with the white cabinets, but I think it actually adds a nice kind of contrast to the kitchen space. So it's not all white cabinetry everywhere. Right. In hindsight, I'm really, 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 really glad we didn't get white, even if it matched perfectly, because the room is very white and I wouldn't want it to feel sterile. And I think if you're thinking about what choice you want to make, the first question I would ask when it comes to buying appliances is, do I want them to make a statement or do I want it to blend in? Because if the answer is I really want it to blend in, stainless fits in very seamlessly. And of course, if you found a white that matched, that could fit in. Just be careful you're not going so sterile that it's going to end up looking like a white walled room that you'd be in a straitjacket in. Like you want enough contrast to keep it interesting and it's almost like adds shine and dimension. The curveball here though is we are not doing stainless appliances in our beach house. And the reason is simple. We have a pink vintage stove. Right. So we did have to think about, okay, what appliances do we get to complement that stove? Because we're not going to be able to track down matching pink dishwasher and fridge. Exactly. And so we decided, although we've not purchased them yet, to just get a white fridge and a white dishwasher because that's going to blend with our white cabinets. Exactly. We're going to have a lot going on because we're going to have wood on the floor and wood shelving and the pink stove. And we just didn't want another thing in there. You know, it's like count your elements if you think there's too many relax it. And then we debated back and forth about a hood. We ended up purchasing a stainless hood to go over the stove because there are elements of the stove that are stainless. So like the dials on it and the frame around the top of the stove is stainless. And we think that that will tie in rather nicely. Meanwhile, the fridge will blend in and almost look like it's not even there and the dishwasher will blend in too. So it's like we're putting the focus on the stove. And I also don't mind if the appliances there look a little bit dated. Like the fridge we're getting is not a fancy fridge. Right. We needed a really small footprint fridge. Since it's a beach house, nobody's ever going to fill it with food for seven months. Right. You know. So I don't need this kitchen to scream like, I'm super updated and modern and fancy. Like as long as it fits and it functions, I don't care if it looks like a little bit unfussy. That's what I'm kind of going for. We see these old homes and it's almost like they're so simple. You know, they have like a really cool light fixture or a really gorgeous refinished old oak floor. So it's going to be sort of classic kitchen with this pink stove that's the interesting moment but we're not trying to make everything make a statement in there so in conclusion sarah go for those stainless appliances if you want them and if you like white or graphite go for that too well if any of you guys have a question that you'd like us to tackle on a future episode you can leave us a voicemail at area code 571 the number four y-h-l-h-a-p and speaking of fridges Look at me, I'm trying to segue like John Peters. I noticed, wow. I have a fridge related we're digging, but first we have to take a quick break. 
This episode is brought to you by the Annie Selkie Companies, who have combined their love of stylish spaces and their expertise in a good night's sleep to open a bed and breakfast this summer in Annie's hometown of Lenox, Massachusetts. Well, and in hearing about Annie's preparations for opening her in this summer, we couldn't help but think about some of the decisions that we're going to face on our own beach rentals. Yeah, so I went a little crazy asking her a ton of questions. And then the other thing, are you going to do white for your beds? Okay, so people stick with white because you can bleach it. All right, so that's generally, if it's getting heavy use, you want something that can be bleached. That's why most towels are white. You don't see colored towels in hotels. So yeah, we'll be using white or white embellished sheets, you know, with embroidery or something else going on. But you also want something preferably that doesn't wrinkle. We have their two or three duvets and they're white and they're textured so they always look good but you can just take them right out of the wash and they look good so if you're looking for your own worry-free duvet covers go to annieselkie.com yhl where you can save 15 percent off on any annie selkie order with the code yhl15 again that's a-n-n-i-e-s-e-l-k-e.com yhl and the code is yhl15 So what I'm digging is kind of a throwback to episode 60 where we talked with the home edit. You know, they were house organizers and I was just like, I'm buying all the bins, like so excited about it. So it's a bin. It's a bin that has kind of changed my fridge life. And I know if you're listening at home, that might sound like an overstatement. Like, why are you digging a bin for your fridge? Because we've all seen those like Pinterest beautiful pictures of fridges that are organized. But I don't know about you, but if you ever try to categorize things that way in real life, that doesn't work for me. One of my thoughts was, don't fridges have bins in them? Right. You've got the vegetable drawer, the crisper, whatever. I just know I've tried with like little plastic boxes and bins I have around the house. What I realized is big things like the orange juice carton, the milk carton, the giant pickle dry They buy. don't need to go into a bin. Right. And they take up space. So like then your bins are almost less efficient because you're ruining your fridge layout with all these rectangles when things could free float and have more space to breathe. Okay. But I follow. these are clear bins with a handle. They're shallow and they're like maybe eight feet long by- Eight feet long? That's a big, <laughs> that's a big fridge, lady. We didn't get counter depth. We got cruise ship depth. Yeah, yeah stadium depth fridge. <laughs> Sorry, eight inches. And I'm, this is a total guess. I'll link to them. They'll probably be like 12 inches. They're like maybe a foot deep by six inches wide. Not even. Four <laughs> inches wide. <laughs> Go to the show notes. I'll have a picture. I'm going to like take a picture of the inside of my fridge. And then when you go to the show notes, you're going to be like, oh, I see why those are better than anything else. They're the perfect depth and width, even though I can't quantify that. They have a handle, so they're easy to pull in and out. And you'd say, why do I want to pull it in and out? Well, because what I use them for is to corral all the little things we buy. Suddenly, the light bulb went on and it was like, don't buy eight bins and try to put them in the fridge and organize it because we don't live that way. But two bins would contain the two things that are all over our fridge at all times, which is those little guacamole packets, which we buy like crazy, and little hummus packets, which we also buy like crazy. This is Sherry's veganism coming out again. I love them. Well, they're pre-portioned and they're like 150 calories. You eat them with chips or veggies or pretzels. And they're easy for the kids too. Like if the kids want a snack and they're going to eat hummus and baby carrots, I'm thrilled. We burn through these things like crazy. So I always had little stacks of them because they come in a box, but to get one out, you have to unbox the entire thing or wrestle them out sort of as you go. And it's kind of obnoxious. And so 
instead, I realize every time I come home, I'll just unwrap the package, dump them in this bin, and then it's kind of like reach in, grab the guacamole. I think if you track down a few more, we could also use them for like the little baggies of veggies that we cut up for our kids' lunches. Yes. You know, things you pre-portion. If we were like yogurt eaters, I think they'd They'd be great for corralling yogurts. Yeah, I think the key is, is look in your fridge and see what little things, especially multiples of the same item you're buying. And if it's helpful to get a little bin, that would be my advice. Because you have the little bins on the side, you know, the door bins. But in my case, they're full of like salad dressing and soy sauce. All the little things are on the side. This is like earning you little bins for little packets of things. You know, like another example would be if you go to fast food restaurants and they have like your favorite hot sauce. I'm speaking from experience here. And you hoard the hot sauce, but it needs to be refrigerated. This bin would be great for that as well. Not using it for that, but I could. Well, now that Sherry has threaded refrigerators and not eating meat and cheese through the entire episode, I'm going to close off with also a weird we're digging. I'm digging an app called IFTTT. It stands for If This Then That. If you've done any like computer programming, you might be familiar with it. It's called a conditional statement. So like it means if this thing happens, then tell the computer to do that. It has nothing to do with eat this, not that. No. Basically what it does is it's a free service that you can sign up for And it can link up a bunch of your online accounts, like your Facebook, your Gmail, your Spotify account, and you can tell them to communicate to one another. So the suggestion that was given to me is that through this app, I could tell it that whenever we post a photo to Instagram, so if this, tell Twitter to post that picture as a native photo on Twitter, because we had been just using the like share function within Instagram. Right, to send it to Twitter and Facebook at the same time. But on Twitter, it just posts it as a link. It doesn't actually share the photo. Oh, I see. And so by doing this and just downloading this app and clicking this one thing already built in that says, if I post a photo to Instagram, then post it to Twitter, it means now our Twitter feed has all pictures in it and stuff like that. Oh, so it's kind of smart if you don't understand how to do that natively, because I don't know how to tweet. If you're not good at programming (laughs) stuff, a bunch of people have already put these, what they call applets in them. So like little uh, functions that run within it. And so there's there's lots to choose from that are kind of fun. There A lot of them are really random. Some of them are very productive. Like here's one that says add songs from videos you like on YouTube to a Spotify playlist. So if you're like watching music videos (gasps) on YouTube. Ours would be all okay go videos. Get a notification from the International Space Station whenever it passes over your house. Oh, that's cute, though, if you have kids. Yeah, there's like a lot of NASA ones. I guess NASA is linked up to this. Um, The Nest thermostats are linked, so like you can receive a text whenever your thermostat goes to away mode. Oh, that's smart. You know, you would love that because you love knowing when our sprinklers go on. Like here's a cool one. Uh, If you have Fitbit and you're using it to track your sleep, when you sleep less than the desired amount, it can then add a reminder to your calendar to go to bed early the next day. I feel like this would get my life together more. (laughs) I would need to try this. What I want it to do is to be able to program it that when my alarm goes off to play my favorite like three songs from my Spotify playlist. Um, I don't know if it does that. And this one sounds so kind of creepy to me. I guess it connects your geolocation from your phone to Google Docs. And so you can create a spreadsheet automatically of how much time you spend at specific locations into a spreadsheet. (gasps) You know why I would love that? Because I feel like you audit your time that way. Like if you're like, I spend too much time in the candle aisle at Target, I need to revisit my life. Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast. And another huge thank you to everyone who helped us raise so much to donate to the relief efforts in Puerto Rico. 
If you would like to contribute something as well, again, we'll put that link in the show notes where you can donate directly to United for Puerto Rico. They've got a steep road ahead of them, so any little bit I'm sure will be a big help. And keep telling us what you do while you listen. Yeah, like Mickey Eberhart on Instagram, who listened while hiking a snowy trail in Glacier National Park. She said that Drunk House Love helped her get to the top. <laughs> and don't forget to check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for all the bonus links, photos, and info from this episode. Like photos of some of those new trendy appliance finishes. And a look at my eight-foot-long fridge bin. Happy Aquatober, everyone. Bye. But up next, we actually have a listener question, and it comes from someone named Sarah. So we'll just hit play. 